And we're back on the Media Virus Podcast. And we're going to do some more news right now. Essentially, child pornography. Hudson Mayor calls for school board resignations due to writing prompt book. So I'm going to give you a simple choice. Either choose to resign from this Board of Education or you will be charged, said Mayor Craig Schubert. What was the... uh... So, okay, so it's a book of writing prompts, right? And the, the English teacher apparently gave it to the kids um, and had them, you know, writing stuff based on the, it's called 642 Things to Write About, right? And the concern, Mike, if you'll scroll down a little, please. Um, the concern was that there were prompts about uh, drinking, prompts about, keep scrolling, there's a speaker in the Keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Oh, I think it doesn't actually tell us um, which prompts were. No, I, I thought it did. But remember, this is not the story I said. Um, so they were arguing that there were there were prompts about drinking. There were prompts about sex. There were prompts. Is this um, a high but, school thing? Yeah. Well, hang on. They were in the book. Here it is. Uh, suggest the book used by high school students suggests <laughs> writing prompts such as sex, drinking, and more. Um, but okay, I mean, I have multiple things to say about this as a former English teacher. Um, but my the teacher didn't, it also says that's right. Um, the article also says that the teacher didn't use any of the offensive prompts, okay. right? It, they didn't use those prompts. They just happened to be in the book. So if we can go to the Amazon link and click the look inside. Ooh, I always want to look inside. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, now it was when I looked at this page, there was a look inside link. Oh, there you go. Would you have used this? Um, Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, you'd be forced to resign. Well, I wouldn't like actually be able to use those. Because here we go. All right. So here are what can happen in a second. The worst Thanksgiving dish you've ever had. Write a Facebook status update for the year 2017. A house plant is dying. Tell it why it needs to live. All right. These are all really creative writing prompts. And the other thing is you can go through the entire preview and not see anything offensive. And there are 642 prompts in the book. So, you know, apparently some parent went looking through there, something something you had stolen, the long lost roommate, what a character, what what a character holding a blue object is thinking right now. I mean, these are just, <laughs> that one's dirty. They're just creative writing prompts. That right? one's kind of dirty. Write a scene. I like this one. Write a scene where the only spoken dialogue is uh-huh, um, er, and mm-hmm. Like, I would totally That one's it. dirty. But what I would have done, Juliet, honestly, and not out of any sense of ethics or protecting the morals of my students, but simply out of cheapness, I would have bought this book. I would have bought one copy for myself and then said, hey, guys, here's your writing prompt today. Right. And just give, you know what I mean? So the student, it wouldn't have fallen into the student's hands. Honestly, right. Because I don't spend yeah, that I don't kind of money. Why would the students even have whatever the teacher is using? You right. Know, well, to- it looks like they maybe they wanted the, the students to go through and choose the prompts that appealed to them. But, oh, okay. So that's but argument the, number the, one. I mean, if that was the case, maybe they should have looked through all of the prompts before. There are 642 of them. Teachers don't have that kind of time. Are you fucking kidding me? I can't even pee and eat my lunch in the same day. 
You want me to read 642 writing prompts? Like, these things are in there as well, I would think. The problem that I have with that is that these are high school kids, right? So this is... Yes, that's argument number two. Go ahead, Big Daddy. You take it. This is an 18-year-old who's about to potentially go off and fight for our country. I think he can handle an assignment about sex because he's probably having sex. A 16-year-old girl, on average, would be losing her virginity at or around 16. Can handle, should be able to handle an assignment with a writing prompt about sex. So they always, 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 always go into uh, a long diatribe about uh, drinking and driving at prom. So we can have a, a writing prompt about drinking. The, I mean, that's the thing is you can't tell these kids at, at the same time that you're going into the world as a young adult and at the same time hide adult content from an 18-year-old who's about if, to go into the 18, world. I mean, they could have been 13 or 14. Yeah. Which is but it doesn't matter. The point is... But still, are, yes. Right. We are, I agree they, with these you. Are things, these are things that students, that even freshmen, are going to be encountering. And we are supposed to be preparing our kids to be able to handle discussions and situations that are going to be sexual in nature, that are going to involve drinking, that are going to involve violence, because th- these are the, the, the topics in the world around them. So why there are was we a, preventing them? Well, yeah, everyone should a, be reading the Bible. There was a, Which has no sex in it whatsoever. Um, yeah, there if was the Bible a, were made into no, a, the Bible had all kinds of sex. This nigga, this this dude, you know, begot this dude, and that dude begot him. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was if they tried to make the Bible into a movie. Talk louder. I was being sarcastic. Oh. Uh. Um. So what? Uh, what I wanted to the other thing. I agree with you, Holy Big Daddy. In fact, there was a story, not a story, an actual incident that happened. Um, many years ago, uh, I, I was the chair of the English department at the time, and I had all of the teachers come up with their book recommendations for students. And so we ended up, I think we had 10 English teachers, then we ended up with 100 book recommendations. And each teacher wrote a little blurb that said, this is why I think this book is cool. And we got in huge trouble because one of the books out of the 100, and we said to the kids, like, read three books, or read two, three books over the summer one of the books was The Perks of Being a Wallflower, which does have a pretty graphic rape scene in it. My argument was, number one, we gave you 100 books to choose from. If you don't want your kid reading that book, let them read another of the 99 other books on the list. Reasonable. No one is saying you have to read this book. So, um, Number two... Again, as Big Daddy was saying, kids are going to, they're entering a time in their lives when they're going to encounter parties. They're going to encounter sex. They may encounter, God forbid, rape, or they, if they or someone they know. And literature is a way to safely introduce kids to these things that are very dangerous in the world, right? A 13-year-old girl who has developed or who is starting to develop in certain areas better know something about rape. Right. I, in fact, I just a, a book I just read this summer, Speak. I mean, it's a young adult novel, but it's about this girl who's entering high school and she's raped at a party. 
you know, so I think that giving kids fiction to read, giving kids fiction to read where they're, you know, looking at a situation and saying, oh, this is something that can happen. Oh, how would I do it? So sit down and have the conversation with your kid. You know, I mean, be the parent prime who time says, age, so, uh... be the parent who says to your kid, uh, you know, hey, you can talk to me about this or, so, hey, let's discuss this or, hey, what, do you, what questions do you have? Since I'm is so that, out of touch. It's really important to have like with parents themselves, I think it's really important to have an open dialogue with your child and teach them real things, but give them guidance and teach them the raw truth, but, you know, in a healthy manner. And I think it's important for schools to do the same thing because not every parent's going to do that. And I think it's important that the schools teach sex ed starting. Like I started at sixth grade, they started teaching sex ed. And I guess that was like early, but I grew up in like a very liberal city. So it was like, we need to teach them about sex and condoms. Yeah. And it was te- so, you know, but anyways, but kids do start becoming sexually active in middle school anyway, which is they get curious. You're going through puberty around that time, so you need to know what's going on with my children's hospital. I'm talking with Dr. Sarah Love about test anxiety. Almost everyone feels a little nervous and stressed before a test, but for some students, you can go away. Thank you. And it's important to know about like drugs, alcohol, all of that stuff that's going to happen. And like Big Daddy said, it's important for girls to, you know, know about these certain things. But it's also we need to start teaching the boys as well because they're the ones that are doing mainly the attacking. Yeah, exactly. So, if you can teach a 13-year-old girl who's developing to look out for rape, then you can teach a 13-year-old boy not to rape. Exactly. Sounds reasonable to me. Since I'm so out of touch with what goes on in high schools now, is The Catcher in the Rye still like the big no-no, don't, don't teach this book ever, ever? Is anybody uh, teaching it? Still Huckleberry Finn. Oh, that's another uh, one. Huck, Huck Finn. Actually, I think Huck Finn was uh, scratched off our list as well. The Virgin Mary. Yeah. Um, so, like, I which again I, is another way to fucking whitewash. Yeah, history. yeah, and the big reason that nobody likes Huck Finn is because Huck Finn pals around with Nigger Jim, and yes. the so you you, can and have that that's that. the way it was written. That's I mean that's the guy's name in the book. It and it's right. it's and not can, it's not meant in a derogatory can, manner. It's well, what the guy oh, went I by. Mean, I don't think you can argue that it's not derogatory. No, but right? I, I I mean but if, if, what, but if you're teaching the novel, you need to address the historical reality. Exactly. Of it. To yes. say this is yes. a word that was used. This was the situation. We don't do that now, and here's why. Yeah. You know that's. This is an opportunity to educate a child. You don't just say, yeah. we're just going to put this away. You're, this is going to go by some fiction. We're not going to read that. We're not going to try, try to work out the record. Right. We're going to pretend. We're not going to read these books. We're only going, we're only going to read. And that's okay. part of the problem is, is to ignore that book is to then do away with that discussion that needs to happen about slavery and about racism and the, in America and the teachable moment just, that's there. To just, to, right. There is a highly teachable moment. Hey, racism exists. And here's proof. Oh, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't exist and anymore. Just, big daddy. It's, it was, it oh, used right, to right, be right. bad. And then Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves and then things were a little bit better, but not much better, but a little better. And then Martin Luther King 
came along and he oh, solved yeah. racism and now everything's better. Now we're all fixed evil. it. Yeah. Uh, speaking, everybody speaking knows that. I don't know why everybody gets all bad in shape. It's it's what happened. Uh, R.I.P. to uh, George Halliday, who was the man behind the Rodney King beating, who passed away due to COVID past Sunday. Ah. The the so R.I.P. to that man who titled. Yes, he's the guy that videotaped the Rodney King beating. Which was the first time that a lot of white folk actually believed that black people were getting whooped. No, we just believe that was a, we believe that was an isolated incident. Oh, we, right, we right, right, right. Yeah, so it was sort of like the first. Uh, like oh shit, this is actually happening. I know you guys all live in like Delaware and stuff, but like I was like a. I think I was like, what year did Rodney King? When did that happen? Like ninety one, ninety two, ninety yeah, yeah. But I was like a baby when that happened. But were you guys like, did you actually witness the LA riots or anything? Yeah, like, that? like oh, April twenty second, nineteen ninety two. Yeah, I was only. Two there was now. riots in the streets. I said, "Where were you?" <laughs> while you were while you were at home watching your TV, I was out participating in some anarchy. I actually. Um... Uh, dated a guy very briefly. He smelled weird, but he was a nice guy. But <laughs> it wasn't like, and it wasn't bad. I mean, it, he didn't stink like he showered and stuff, but I just, I couldn't get into him because, like, I guess it was a pheromone thing. No, but he could get chilly. into you. <laughs> Don't have to breathe through your nose while you're fucking. <laughs> Actually, you need to breathe through your nose while you're sucking. Ladies, ladies, here's a tip. <laughs> Ladies, her, her olfactory senses were overwhelmed. Breathe through your nose, ladies. She can't hear us, it's still fun. Right. Ellie Wright, we were talking about Ellie Wright. Keep going, Todd. All yeah. you need to do is go listen to Sublime. It, honestly, it April was April 22nd, 1992. It was, I watched the documentary. It, and it was, let me just finish saying that the guy, yeah. the one who smelled weird, yeah, that he, I'm sorry, Juliet, I don't talk over the guys, and I just talked over you. I apologize. It's okay. Um, but this guy, he actually, he was in L.A. And he, when he heard that happening, he went out and ran out. And I wasn't there. But he went out and ran out into the streets. And, you know, he was an aspiring journalist. So he was, you know, taking pictures and taking notes and, you know, doing that kind of stuff. It was, it was pervasive. It was everywhere. Like, you couldn't turn away from it. Yeah. It was, it was it, awesome. It was, I watched the documentary and... Like, I've seen a lot of fucked up shit on the internet. Like, I've seen people blow their heads off. And But there was this one thing that happened during the L.A. riots to this one man. And I was like, I cannot watch. Like, I couldn't stomach it. Like, the, I got the, the truck trucker. driver. Was it the trucker? The truck yeah. driver. Reginald I don't want to talk about oh, yeah. yeah, Jesus. Reginald, yeah. Christ. Reginald yes, Reginald I, Denny. Like, I was shaking. You know what? We should, we, I'll, can we switch topics to just something a little bit more pleasant? Let's talk about Bud Dwyer. Remember him. <laughs> we were talking about God. penises and things being shoved up there for so long. Now we're talking about some real Look shit. Look up Bud Dwyer. Look up. Don't, Julia. Look up Bud Dwyer. Don't do it. Uh, Go ahead. Do it. He was a politician. He was always shooting his mouth off. Filter. <laughs> filter, wrote a, filter wrote a song about him. <laughs> filter. That was good. That was awesome. Thanks. Both 
both the Rodney King beating and the Reginald Denny beating both got immortalized in as in that moment or yeah. in, in that time I mean, frame. And I gotta say, just I I remember being a young black kid in Philly and watching that and feeling a sense of justice. Mm-hmm. Straight up. I remember and that moment was featured in like every rap video that came out in that time period because it was finally like this is what that shit looks like. And as as hard it is as it is for you people to stomach this shit, now look at Rodney King and realize that this is happening to like this wasn't an isolated incident. This wasn't it, it, it like it was such a shocking thing for everyone else, but for me like we all knew someone that that happened that, that to. Happened yeah. to. Yeah. So like I- Reginald Denny was like it was just one guy. Mm-hmm. Rodney King was one of countless right. stories that we knew personally. So for me to see that shit and then get put into a rap video was like now you now you see it. Now you feel how it is on the other side of it. Not that, that, you know, eye for an eye, but there is something to be said for like, now you can feel it. So you didn't feel it before. I think, um, speaking yeah. as a white person, I speaking as a woke white person, I think that the, the Rodney King was like the tip of a wedge. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that was sort of the first thing that we all noticed. And knew about right because it was put on camera. It was put, caught on camera. It was put on TV. Well, it was you know? a it was a time, and and you know, video cameras had been around, but it was a time when it had become easy to get your footage right just to like, an outlet. So somebody right. shot like that video George and ran over to the station and said, "Here, you can have here. Take this." Yeah, and just like with George Floyd, cell phones have become prevalent, and now everyone has them, and that makes it. But I think that that was the tip of the wedge. That was the moment where where sort of more people started to say. But even then, and I was like I said, I was thinking about this this afternoon. Even then, it was still like, oh well, that was an isolated incident. Like I mean, it was horrible. But I mean, it was one guy, you know. And so you sort of go, and then there's another story, and then there's another one, and then there's another one. And yeah, like, one. and yeah. and they uh, and they started to proliferate. Proliferate. I mean, there were Freddie Gray and Philando Castile, and you know, and then finally, last year, I think people were already angry because of COVID. We were already under stress, and then there was Breonna Taylor, and then there was George Floyd, and I think that this was the moment that people, that white people, really started to accept this is a real thing. Like that, this is. This is not just this is not just one and it's not just two and it's not just ten, you know, over twenty years. It's not like, oh, well, that's a shame that there are some racist cops out there. That you realize that it really is systemic. And and I think that realization took time and it took it I think that Rodney King was the start of it. And I think that over time that has snowballed. Like it has snowballed in our awareness to the point where now I think um, as a as a whole, I hope that enough white people are aware of the situation and support the cause that 
you know, I think that every things may be different. Years, every 10 years or so, a black dude dies, and then it re-reminds people that, oh, yeah, white dudes are still killing black dudes. Like, Emmett Till was two gen- a generation ago. Like, this shit ain't new. But it so becomes... Women, I mean, isn't it, though, that people kill people? Though, the woman who was like, I mean, he catcalled me and had him killed, she's writing a book about it but won't release it until she, after she dies. She... I think she's already dead, because she had a deathbed confession. she just died, yeah. Really? She had a deathbed confession confessed that she made up the whole story. Yeah. In the meantime, Emmett is dead. Yeah. And speaking as in... Every few years, these reminders come along that, hey, still dying over here. I think, too, though, I mean, as Mike was saying, uh, Rodney King was, you know, all of a sudden people were walking around with video cameras. Now everyone, there's nobody, if you stop 10 people on the street, 10 of them will probably have camera phones, right? Cell phones with cameras. Yeah, as technology became more available and more pervasive in the public, things started to get recorded. So to speak as an old person, um, (laughs) no, I'm serious. This is what's wrong with us. This is what what's wrong with us as as Gen X. Now, it, it actually starts a little bit earlier with with our parents. They woke up one morning and Lee Harvey Oswald got shot on live television while everybody was looking. Mm-hmm. And then like, Matt brought up Bud Dwyer. I remember distinctly. Look it up. It's fucking great. I remember distinctly. I was. I was a kid, but I was watching the news that day at lunchtime, and this guy had a he had a press conference on, and he called everybody he called everybody in, and started to give his press conference, and he was he was in trouble, and he started to talk about what he was in trouble about, and and how bad that was, and he reached in his desk drawer and pulled out a revolver and stuck it in his mouth and blew the top of his head out. On live television. On in live TV. On live TV. Wait, I, was there a woman that did that did something similar? I don't think so. No, Bud Dwyer was the guy. Yeah, who did Bud it. Dwyer was he was a he was a Philadelphia. He was he was, he was a Philadelphia politician. Yeah, a Philadelphia then, politician. Yeah, which would make sense to us. Then I saw that. Shit. Yeah. yeah, and uh, the big deal was that Channel Six didn't cut the feed, like, right. like TV runs in a in a delay simply. Because when you're live, you don't know what somebody else is going to say. Channel 6 in Philadelphia didn't cut the feed. They, in in the moment, they showed this guy blow his head, blow the back of his head up against the wall. Um, That's what's wrong with us. You're sitting there watching, as a cameraman, it wouldn't dawn on me. Like, it wouldn't never dawn on me to to turn the camera off. They they didn't turn away. No, you're just like, you're in fucking shock. Yeah. He's filming and he's eating oh, snacks and he's like, oh shit. Yeah. You know, any historian will tell you that Americans' attitude towards war changed drastically in Vietnam because it was the first time that the war was on TV. And people's attitudes towards war also changed before that during the Civil War because of Matthew Brady's photography. So if you start showing people how ugly some things really are, you know, it makes it way how harder to ignore, and it makes it way harder to guess. Yeah, I agree. That yeah, that's yeah. really a part of it. 
But listen, I, guys, this is a fascinating you, conversation. Doc. You are lovely. Thank you, Big Daddy. Um, I, think I love it's you guys. For you to go. It is okay. So should we go to break and I'll disappear, or shall I? Just we can disappear? do that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us uh, in this block. We will be back right after this. Everybody, wave at the dock. Good night, everyone. Good night. Where Bye. is my ballot? My jingles. My jingles. My jingles. I like that outro. I do.